You are now listening to the Whipped Cream Podcast with Bianca Harris and Chantelle Chapman. This episode might be one of our favorites. We go deep on a spiritual level, but give it a shot because there's some really great insights here for navigating messy relationships and life in general. Bianca gracefully asks our guests, what the fuck is grace? And we dive into spiritual bypassing too. On this episode, we have Adriana, who is a yoga and meditation teacher and facilitator of healing circles and ceremonies. She's also a hair witch that offers transformational healing haircuts. Featured in the New York Times as the witch that casts spells with scissors and sage. Having worked with and through her own battles with addiction, anxiety, depression, and creative stuckness, Adriana has experience in the areas of sobriety, grief, and sexual trauma. We sat with her in Ojai, and she has this incredible, fierce, unfuckwithable goddess energy. We're also joined by Adriana's partner, David, who is a teacher, pastor, author, and a proud father. He's dedicated more than 30 years of his life to the path of selfless service and spiritual awakening. His training is vast and varied, from traditional Christian teachings to 12-step recovery to the Indian wisdom traditions of yoga and bhakti. But don't let his Jesus vibes scare you. He's all about pulling his useful wisdom out of spiritual teachings without the dogma attached. David is one of the top teachers on Yoga Glow, and he teaches at Kapralu and the Omega Institutes. He is wise but hilarious and not a spiritual bypasser, which is so refreshing in this realm. Hey guys, we're back. It's Bianca here. And Chantal. And we're here with David H. Wagner and Adriana Rizzolo. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm going to get you guys to introduce yourself. Uh, Ladies first. Awesome. So thank you for having us. This is so exciting. Um, We just met like five seconds ago. (laughs) Yeah. So so who am I? Um, So my name is Adriana and I do a lot of work with yoga teachers and also just all types of people um, working around embodiment and healing and helping people really connect into their innate ability to heal themselves. Um, And I do this through meditation and through taking people into nature and through singing and dancing even and especially if that's really uncomfortable um (laughs) the more and the more uncomfortable the better yeah and i do a lot of ceremony work with people um but in a way that is just super down to earth and not serious like lots of fun but just really honoring our innate ability to heal and to connect into ourselves and to one another and to a power greater than um than who we are and I'm David H. Wagner, and, and a pastor, and a healer, and I do similar kind of things to what Adriana is saying. Uh, right now, I'm working on a book called God with No Strings Attached. I'm really into helping people to have relationship with spirit that isn't uh, tied to any dogma, mm-hmm. but yet has a kind of intensity to it. So I... Um, I end up working with a lot of people to kind of help them find their own way. And most recently have been working with a lot of people that have like religious trauma. And for whatever reason, they've been like burned by the church or, you know, 
even burned in literally like, like <laughs> <laughs> burned at the stake. I'm like, um, yeah. yeah. I think most of us can relate to that. On some level, it's like I don't know how many witches they were burning, but yeah. like there must have been a lot of them because. So, um, and, and even people from the Eastern spirituality communities that for whatever reason, they don't necessarily click into any of the, any of the, the boxes that exist. So, um, that, and I do a lot of one-on-one work with people and am kind of like a spiritual midwife. Oh, I um, love that. Like helping people to to kind of move through big movements in, in their spiritual life. And um, I tend to end up with that, doing a lot of shadow work, um, really helping people move through pain and, and woundedness and um, yeah, all kinds of stuff. That's yeah. amazing. So both of you have a path of healing. Do you wanna maybe share, like was there a catalyst to get to that point? Because with most people that we talk to, and even our own experiences um, to get on this path, like we kind of had to hit a bottom mm-hmm. to just kind of change our directions. Does that is that relevant for you guys? And can you share a little bit about that? I feel like in some ways it's relevant, yeah. and people ask that a lot. And yeah. I think for many of us, it's more. And for myself, it's a little bit more of like. Like, I, the catalyst is, like, still happening. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like there have been, for sure, moments in my life, like when I first got sober, where there was just, like, this really deep need and, like, pull and then, like, this grace of God kind of moment that I feel, like, enabled me to to be sober, coming from, you know, a family of addicts and just coming from a lot of that energy, it really felt like a miracle in a way that was invoked through my spiritual practice and through getting more interested, slowly, slowly through getting interested in yoga and then meditation and going to India and that kind of thing. And I hit a bottom in my sobriety around like trauma, like emotional bottom and financial bottom and you know like there's so many bottoms I think you can hit and I think if you're paying attention like I mean for me anyway but if you're paying attention it's like the catalyst like you don't really want the catalyst to necessarily go away because that's the thing that keeps us like right and that's the thing that you know if you know it's like an ongoing conversation and for some of us for some people they have a much more gentle kind of path and way of life Um, And for me, it's just kind of really extreme. Like I experience (laughs) extreme highs and I experience extreme lows. And it's more about like allowing that to actually be the thing that creates balance Mm -hmm. through accepting and loving all of that as it arises. And so I find that is also true with a lot of people, yeah, that I work with as well. Like David working with a lot of grief and sexual trauma and, you know, deep stuff that it's almost like it could have happened before we were even able to speak. Mm -hmm. But all of a sudden, one day you wake up and you're like traumatized and you don't even understand why. And, you know, it's like uncovering, you know, not just why and what the root cause is, but really getting into the remedy of it, which is, Mm -hmm. you know, a connection to spirit and a connection just to other people that can really love you through Throughout these 
highs and lows and everything else in between. So it's so cool and interesting that you say. I mean, every we've had we've done multiple inter interviews, and a lot of people have said it's this could have happened even before you were here. And I traveled to London a few years ago. I told you and met some family that I had never met out there, like cousins. You know, kind of similar, maybe ten years older than me, a couple years older than me. And it was like we were exactly the same. Wow. All addicts, all in our shit, all yeah. just like reaching for stuff. It was like I was like mirroring these people I had never met before, and, and mm -hmm. then I started to really look at like this came way before I was even here. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's just interesting to kind of point that out. Love it. Yeah. For me, I don't know. First of all, when you were talking and just talking about all these different bottoms, I was thinking, about, <laughs> I was thinking it's <laughs> like it's like spiritual life is like the ocean, where like most of the stuff is actually on the bottom. Yeah. 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 Like most of the you good stuff. You want to just kind of start to like the bottom a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Also, the ocean has all these lives in it that we don't even know about. Yeah. yeah totally. And it's so unknown. Totally. And like, yeah. yeah totally. Kind of scary to even want to venture into it. The fathoms. Yeah. So I I am a sober alcoholic and addict but I've been sober for almost 31 years at this point so I got sober when I was really young kind of I had to um, a survival kind of a thing but then you know over 31 years of sober living you know you just go through everything else in life mm -hmm. just sober and so there have been so many catalysts I mean I was brought onto my spiritual path very early on in that and even brought onto the path of teaching very early on in that. But um, yeah, I mean, just so many, facing so many life elements of like health and sickness and relationships and marriages and divorces. And I'm also a father. I have two little kids now that um, I co-parent separated from, from their mom. And so now I'm in that catalyst. You know, but mm -hmm. there's just constantly, I think that if we're awake, well, I mean, at least for me, you know, like, like Adriana was saying, like, if you go to an AA meeting, everyone is just talking about how we're all insane mm -hmm. and how normal people might choose to do something in a different way, but we will choose to do something different, even in our sobriety. And I kind of relate to that. And, you know, I was, I was going to say that, like, you just live life and these things happen. I don't know if that's the case for my neighbors. My neighbors seem really normal. And they seem to have like not a whole lot of drama going on in their life. Um, I know that for me, there's just, God just keeps giving me opportunity after opportunity to get crushed and learn from that experience of, of getting crushed. And I think part of that is what I, what my soul signed up for. But also, I think it's part of the anointing of me as a teacher, because then that gives me the ability to work with other people yeah. through those same kind of passages. Yeah. So, like, I agree with her totally that, like, yeah, there was a catalyst. I was, you know, raised in an alcoholic family, mm -hmm. a lot of bad conditioning, some trauma, but Ram Dass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cut to Ramdas. Yeah. Cut to yeah. I mean, who's a spiritual teacher? Just if you don't, you know, know there's that. just been so many, <laughs> so many blessings and so many seasons of training and so many, so many catalysts. You know, some of them have been the fierce grace kind of catalysts, to use one of Ramdas's terms. But um, what does that mean? So Ramdas, uh, one of my first spiritual teachers, uh, huge huge influence of mine and you know for I think for a lot of people in um, in the West 
So late in his career, late in his life, he had a big brain aneurysm and became handicapped and continued to teach from that place. And he always taught about grace. That was his, his main kind of thing that he taught about. So then he started using this term fierce grace. And there's a, there's a great movie, everybody should go watch it, that was made not too long after he had the, the stroke. But just this notion of that sometimes grace happens in some kind of a blessing, in some kind of like an alleviation of difficulty, you know, in a healing. And it's like, oh, this is grace. This relationship has come. But a lot of times grace will happen when that relationship ends or when we're afflicted with something that then we have to, we have to learn to find God within that affliction. So like fierce grace is the kind of grace that like, can be really effective for us spiritually, but not necessarily sweet. Mm. Yeah. I almost don't even know what grace is. Mm. Like I, when you say that word, I'm like, I have it's an idea. It's my name. Like, <laughs> great, it's on your arm. That's right. <laughs> yeah. But what would you define that as for yourself? Well, for me, I talk about, I like talking about grace even more than God sometimes because God can be this abstract thing. And grace, I feel like, is when God, when spirit, when that all-pervasive sacred energy moves in our life in a very palpable way. Um, sometimes I talk about it's the helping power of God, mm. but it's like the it's like the power of evolution in us as we're like growing. It's the power that powers that evolution, um, and I mean it could also just mean grace, like being graceful or ungraceful or clumsy. But in this case, when we're talking about grace, yeah, I mean in Sanskrit, you know, because I come from this yoga background. There are two main terms that are talked about. One is kripa and one is karuna. Or is karuna compassion? I think kripa is grace. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> I can say anything. Nobody's going to check. My Sanskrit scholar friends are going to tell you. me. So. <laughs> anyway, um, oh no, the other one is anugraha. It is also means grace or blessing. And... Um, Sometimes it can be defined as like mercy. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it can be defined as uh, like blessing, like like the light comes down and like blesses us or gives us an experience of revelation. We would call that grace. But um, but yeah, it's like grace is at some moment every seeker, whether they're religious, not religious. Almost every human being, but certainly any seeker, at some point finds himself on their knees, mm. whether they're actually on their knees or not. But they find themselves at some point of just saying, why me? Help me. Give me a sign. What does this mean? I need help. Some kind of thing like that. My guru said one time, there's no one that hasn't cried themselves to sleep at night mm-hmm. or fallen on their knees in the bathroom. And, oh. and promise not to do whatever they did again. Mm. Uh, so we all have that moment that I would say grace is what moves on the supernatural dimension in response to that. So whether that is an allevi- uh, again an alleviation of the difficulty in some cases, 
but in many, many cases it comes in the form of, oh, I'm in trouble, but I know I'm not alone because I can feel you with me, God, Spirit. Sometimes it comes in the form of wisdom of like, okay, I get it. Like now I look back and I can see that at the time it seemed like, I swear. Yeah, of course. At the time, (laughs) at the time it seemed like, (laughs) at the time it seemed like I was just totally fucked. But now looking back, I can see that I wasn't fucked. I was in, I was in school. Oh yeah. You know, I was on the potter's wheel. And it didn't feel good, and it didn't look good, and I didn't act good. But man, looking back, I wouldn't trade that for anything mm. because now that has turned into glory. Like that's all of that is kind of the conversation about grace. Yeah, yeah. That's I feel beautiful. like for me, I feel like grace is like a state of presence, and it's something that you can access with a certain level of awareness, like Mm. you're talking about in the darkest times. Mm. Mm -hmm. You know, like, I'm really upset right now. This is a painful situation I'm going through. Am I gonna look at this as a teaching or I'm gonna be in victimhood? Like from victimhood Mm. to victory. Right, that, that's that's the vehicle of grace. And it's all connected to like that presence. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, in the Indian tradition, they talk about like the guru's grace. Yeah. Like God's grace. And then they also talk about disciples' grace. And what you're talking about is what my guru would have called disciples' grace. Yeah. That it's like that ability to just be like, to have that awareness. Yeah. And just even ask that question, okay, what could I be learning now? Mm-hmm. Or how can I love? Yeah. You know, in yeah. this moment. And for me, that's like with what's happening in my life, that is what grace means to me right mm. now. And I think it changes, like you said, like, Disciples' grace, Guru's grace. Yeah. Yeah, and I feel like sometimes it's not in those like super dark. It's almost like we resist the dark moments so strongly. Like every human being runs from feeling pain. Every human does that. Mm. No human like steps towards pain. It's like such a layered, deep process to like be available to feeling our own feelings it not even just the negative ones but the positive ones (laughs) it's like literal at this point in our evolution it takes actual work which could be fun (laughs) but it's still work to feel joy it is not necessarily something that a lot of us are just People have to hire us to teach them. Literally. How to, to like feel uncover happy. the feeling and, and then be like, oh, what is this feeling? Let me write like, a testimonial. Is that joy? <laughs> like, I don't even, yeah, like, it's joy, you know? Like, and so, you know, sometimes it's like, because sometimes it's not so dramatic. Like, sometimes yeah. it's just like you wake up every day and you're like, fuck, I got to go to work. I fucking hate this job. And then you like go home and you're like, oh, and there's just like this subtle unhappiness or you're just like, why am I going out drinking with my friends again when I don't even like drinking, but it's like if I I stop and I don't even like anybody 
I'm around and I and that makes me feel like I don't like myself because I'm just, you know, we gather information from the world around us, you know, and so oftentimes we're not actually as fucked as we think. It's just, you know, we have to sometimes like take a step to the side to feel the grace, to feel like the sunlight on your skin or to like hear the sound of a bird, you know, in the midst of like a really busy city or, mm-hmm. you know, to, to, to reach out to some place that might be uncomfortable, yeah. like a friend that actually can help you as opposed to like the dude that's just going to fuck you over again. It's <laughs> like, you know, to make that shift is a massive shift. Yeah. And it's like just every little ounce of it makes a huge, you know, flowering in our lives. And to me, I think that's what grace is too, is just to remember mm-hmm. that we're here and that we have a, a reason for being here. And even if we don't know what that is, you know, the, the natural world is always encouraging us yeah. to, to feel that and to celebrate, you know, the life that we have that is so precious and is so fleeting and is so like, even if you wake up and you're 80 and you're like, oh God, I like miss the whole thing. Like, <laughs> Oh no, you know, I mean, I can't imagine what that's like because I'm not 80 yet and hopefully, I'm sure that actually could probably happen, but you know, that sense of like, I am just, I'm not going to waste another minute, you know, maybe I've wasted all these years, you know, and it always feels like that when we have another awakening or another layer of like desire, like your heart's desire is in alignment with what your truth is, what your soul came here to do. And so each time we feel that, I think it opens up that door to, to grace. You know, I like thinking about it like that sometimes where it's like, we could, you know, be in like a dark room and and not realize that it's sunlight outside because all the curtains and the blinds are shut, you know, and grace could be the thing that comes in and somehow blows it open. But we can also just stand up and open the window and just like let a little bit of that light in, you know, Mm. slowly. And I think that that's um, for me what grace oftentimes feels like too. It's like this participation that I'm choosing. Like I'm going to actually feel the, you know, the blessing that is this life today, even if my mind is just like full of crap and I'm feeling like a crazy, angry woman yoga and teacher. yoga teacher. Like that's why I'm always having people yell in yoga class. I'm like, you guys are angry. Like everybody's angry. Like, ah, you know, and then you give people permission to yell and immediately they're like, ah, like everybody's just like waiting to yell, just like waiting to yell. And so much of our depression comes from that. It's like the suppression of our own emotional being and our own, you know, yeah, being that is just full of expression, you know, that we're literally like asked to like put in a box and then sit in a cubicle and like shut up all day and like type on a computer. And it's like, you know, of course that's going to feel like, ooh, like tight and, like and, and hurt, you know, sometimes. And you could go in there and bring bring forth the sunshine and like, you know, I don't know, have everybody in your office like do a dance in the middle of the day and, you know, get on with your day There's and whatever. Working spa- but we heard about some like co-working space. In the Bay Area. Yeah, yeah. that does that. It's like if you sign up for the co-working, you know what co-working yeah. space yeah. is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and it's like every so often they do 40 minutes of work yeah and then 10 minutes of dance where wow. they just put on fucking awesome and they just put on a playlist or somebody be like what's a song you know but you could also have a playlist and then like you just get them just dance so just free dance yeah. you know which 
that is, you know, a big part of what I offer people to do in a lot of like the work that I do with them is that they also commit to dancing to one song every day just as a way to like really move their own, you know, that energy that just gets stagnant in us. And I feel like that's, you know, that would be an awesome thing to bring into the office. Yeah. <laughs> one of my clients in Vancouver owns a co-working space and every day at 3 p.m. they go and dance. Mm. Yeah, amazing. It's amazing. That's awesome. But I love what you said about like bringing grace into the mundane and bringing like moments of grace or moments of beauty into the ordinary and in like the the model of positive psychology they say that like there's three elements that you need to have to be in a state of like well-being and one of them is uh the hedonic element and what that is is like hedonism like finding um, basically seeking pleasure over pain, trying mm-hmm. to get away from pain, seeking pleasure like what you yeah. said. But they say to um, do that by way of finding moments of beauty and moments of grace. Mm-hmm. And I like what you said about like stopping and looking at the flower. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where our society is so fucked up. Like that relationship mm-hmm. with like finding the moment of beauty and trying to find pleasure in the present moment and not pain is often directed to substance abuse or yeah. shopping avoidance. or yeah. avoidance or your phone or, yeah. your phone yeah. or a codependent relationship. Yeah. And I always think about that, like our relationship with the present moment in this consumerism and economic narrative in North yeah. America is so fucked. Yeah. Yet it's such an important thing. Like they talk about presence and spirituality all the time. Yeah. But, like, look at how we handle the present here. Yeah. Yeah. And who's really doing it, you know? Yeah. And I feel like that's why going to other countries and, like, visiting other countries can offer, especially people, you know, from the West and people from here, just so much, like, massive shifts in perspective and and in and in what exactly what you're talking about in presence because it just puts you in a whole different world. Totally. It's like I, I was even traveling to Italy, I don't know, a year ago or whatever, and my dad lives in Miami, and he's like, well, why would you go there? They're so behind. And I'm like, no, there's so much more ahead. <laughs> so, so None of my cousins have Instagram. They go for, like, two-hour walks after dinner. Like, I felt like I was a human again. Yeah. It's, I was just, yeah. I was like, it took me, like, a week to settle in, but I'm like, I actually feel like a human being again. Yeah. After, like, I don't know, months, yeah. years. Like, I was like, this is, they're not behind. We're fucking behind. <laughs> then the, the other thing about grace that comes up, if we're not talking about grace too much, um, <laughs> I feel like we can't talk about it. Um, well, it, it's this, it's kind of the Christ consciousness idea of grace, where one level is sort of like stopping and recognizing the beauty. The next level is like stop and recognizing that you are the beauty, mm-hmm. potentially. And in particular, like stop and recognizing that at any given moment there's an opportunity to serve. And when it gets, like, sometimes, like, Marianne Williamson has a great thing about grace, where she talks about grace juxtaposed with karma. Mm. That, like, the Buddha and the Bhagavad Gita and all these old traditions talk about karma, about, you know, energy flowing and then creating a, a similar response. And then Jesus came along and talked about grace. So karma is you hit me, I hit you back. Or you hit me and I'm a victim. I'm just hit. I just take that. Then the Jesus teaching is you hit me and I love you. You love me and I love you. You ignore me and I love you. And 
that's another kind of idea about grace where it's like, you know, in a situation, not only like can we lift ourselves out of feeling shitty, but we can anybody in any moment can always like even if you're just like in a room and it's just like smiling at someone or being less of a dickhead mm-hmm. you know like in a general way <laughs> just <laughs> you generally know, you know like that's also like a like a really powerful kind of i love that. thank you for saying that's really yeah. good I especially love... with the ignoring thing yeah. like, even just an email someone you've never even yeah. emailed me before i'm like get in all my shit i'm like how dare they ignore me yeah and yeah. i just make them a demon yeah. and i'm yeah. just like you're a piece of shit you're not really you're not even aligned to what you're saying and then yeah. i'm like Bianca. yeah yeah I find that you it's know? that's there's such a fine line with that though. Um, speaking from my own experience, because like I had I was like working through codependency. Yeah, 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 yeah. I should have said that. Yeah, I have. Like, I have a whole. I caveat. was going. To. Yeah. I have a whole caveat. To that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Please. That's like, yeah, let's yeah, do it. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So it's like, love I was me trying to hold do space whatever for that, you want to like, do, and I'll still love yeah, yeah. you. You know. No, 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 no. So, yeah. so, yeah. so, so, yeah. Love is a, you using the word. You know, it's like, what do you mean by love? Yeah, yeah. So first of all, I have to say that that when I said it's like the next level it really is the next level yeah like that teaching of like a Jesus teaching of turn the other cheek is the most offhand cliche teaching of his right everyone knows that yeah but if you actually look in the Gospels when he said that he was saying that to his disciples Mm. he wasn't saying that to the masses Mm -hmm. he was saying that to his most advanced students because being able to really turn the other cheek requires a certain degree of self-love mm-hmm. and a certain yes. degree of self-respect. Yeah. Um, and uh, it requires some training. I yeah. mean, it's like, that's a high-level teaching. Mm-hmm. Um, what I should have said that a little bit more carefully. Anyone, mm-hmm. anytime has the ability to serve. Mm-hmm. This thing of like receiving abuse, receiving ugliness, receiving hatred, and turning around and giving a blessing back, that's not for everyone. Mm-hmm. That actually, that's that's like a that's a next level kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. I think it's available to everyone, mm-hmm. but it's like you, it, the caveat does come into like codependency. Yeah, for sure. it's almost like like in the yoga sutras, sutras of Patanjali, where he's talking about how. It's like you have to get to a place where you have the boundaries, but you can ha- show love once the boundaries are there. And yeah. he's like, if you know these people are evil, it's just like they're just not my thing. That's it. They're not my thing. But I say that with love. And but there's boundaries. They're yeah. not my people. Yeah. yeah. You know. Yeah. How do you do? How do you shut the door without shutting your heart? Yeah. 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 That's hard. Yeah. 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 How do you do that? Yeah. <laughs> I well, don't know. I mean, like, that's my... A lot of practice. Yeah. I mean, and a lot of, like, willingness to, like, be honest about not being able to do that. Yeah. You know? Like, I'm not sure that there's, like, too much of a difference between, like, doing it, like, re- like actually doing it. Like, I'm going to keep my heart open in this situation and close the door. And being, like... I close that door and my heart is so closed right now and this is so painful. Yeah, right. It's the yoga. That's yeah. like that is you keeping your heart open. You know, like the not like the heart open because that's we all talk about that. What the what does that even mean? Yeah. What does it mean to keep your heart open? What yeah. does it mean to like 
love somebody in the face of abuse. You know, it doesn't mean like to go and necessarily, you know, kiss their feet or like, you know, whatever while they're abusing you. Like sometimes yeah. it means to be like, fuck you and yeah. like leaving. But like exactly what you're saying, keeping your heart open, which to me just means like getting closer and closer to what you're experiencing in the moment. Even mm. if it, the experience is like, whoa, my heart is so closed right now and I have so much anger and like, if I feel that anger, like underneath that anger is like actually like a really deep well of like sadness and like fear of being like left in this moment. And like underneath that is like an even, you know, deeper experience of like, oh gosh, like I am just like so tender and like mm. sensitive and like I can feel so much right now and I can feel even that other person's experience of pain right now. And like in that, you know, and in that kind of exploration of going deeper into what you're feeling, which might be a closed heart, like you're always going to find an open heart. Like the heart doesn't, like the heart with a capital H, it doesn't close. It's just like, it's just, it's not even it's like, ours to open or close. It was given yeah. to us by, we don't even know yeah. who and what and where. We just yeah. took a breath and <gasps> and then your heart's beating, you know? It's and like, are we, are we like, are we like opting into that or not. Yeah. yeah, and so it's like, you know, I think for me anyway, it's just this exploration of like, oh yeah, I'm like feeling super protective right now. And like, what's that about? And like, how can I, how can I be with that without pushing it away or without feeling like I should, exactly, like, I mean, I say this to my therapist every week. I'm like, okay, so how do I do it? <laughs> every time she says something, I'm like, oh great, so how? You know, and she's like, well, it's like, you can do it right now. You know what I mean? Like we could all do it right now. Like each and every one of us sitting around this table right now, there's parts of us that are kind of like closed or clamped up or a little crunched up or like nervous or, you know, whatever it is. And if we sit with that and we like, you know, like let that soften a little bit, we can kind of be closer together, you know, and that will sometimes make you feel like you want to laugh and sometimes make you feel like you want to cry. And I'm not really sure there's very much in between laughing and crying because those are usually the only, mostly two things I experience. I just realized I've been sitting here for the past, however long, like worrying if I'm mansplaining during this oh. podcast sitting around the table with you yeah. guys. Not at all. And all of a sudden I just realized it. I just realized it. Like, yeah. Am I with that? Is this like, how do I... No, there's no mansplaining vibes at all. Okay. I'm like, share more. Yeah. 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 No, but I love your perspective about it because it just makes everything feel a lot lighter because these kind of conversations could you like, dark, dark, yeah, dark. Yeah. And we were talking yeah. about that yesterday. It's like, I think when you're on this kind of journey and path, it's like, let's focus on the drama and the trauma and the fucking, oh my God, my yeah. dad and my yeah. issues. And yeah. I feel like it kind of has to soften a bit. And yeah. that's exactly what you mean. Yeah. Like, and like laugh about it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, be like have, totally. a, have at least one friend you could call. Like I have a very good friend. Her name's <laughs> Olivia Clementine, who I can call and say, anything to and for some reason like it's probably going to be funny even if it's like <laughs> oh my gosh I just like totally went into like the darkest place and did the thing I said I wasn't going to do again and like here I am and like I'm totally beating myself up right now and I can't be gentle to myself and I can't like feel anything positive and like oh my god you know and then it's like oh just like telling her is just kind of like oh good job you're being a human you know and I think like so much of spirituality these days is like 
is becoming more human, you know? It's a human, and it's like, I think it might have always been like that. I always say these days, but like you're talking about, you know, the, the Jesus teachings, and it was the same thing then. I mean, all that's what all of these teachings were. Like, this is how you love people. Mm. Let me show you how you love people. You know, yeah. you cry with someone when they're in pain. That's how you love someone. Mm. You know, you don't tell them what to do when they're yeah. like deep in a moment of grief. You sit with them and you cry with them. You know, like, and you're you, Kim Kardashian. It's like, really ugly. <laughs> <laughs> Could you please stop? <laughs> it's like I don't know what that is. <laughs> he doesn't even know who Kim Kardashian is. Yeah, but yeah, it's like you know, it's the experience of yeah, like being being a human and being able to like hmm. be flawed, but and not just to be like yeah, like whatever just like flaunting it like well i'm flawed and so this is my shadow and like deal with it you know it's like no i'm flawed this is my shadow it's intense and it's terrifying and no and it's like really hard to deal with and i'm gonna like continue to like do my work so i can like bring more joy and you know more compassion to the people around me you know and and the view of the view of yoga or the view of really any bona fide mystical tradition um, is that human? The humanity is magnificent. That to be human is to be magnificent, and that's the piece that balances that, that allows us to be like, I am a magnificent child of God, and right now I'm being a total asshole, mm. and that's hilarious, <laughs> in, in a certain way, you know, or and 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 then if I can be generous enough to be in this person who's acting like an asshole is also hilarious and a beautiful child of God. But that's what balances it from then just being like what she was saying of like, well, this is how I am, like it or leave it. Like, sorry, but like the yoga sutras, please. Like, rolling my eyes and yeah, the, this is what the, this is like what the teachings say, but like, that's not happening to me today. You know, sorry, like where's my mimosa? You know? Fuck, I'm getting triggered yeah. right now. <laughs> so like, David really is a spiritual teacher, so <laughs> but, he will like somehow inadvertently bring up something for you, and it will yeah. get healed throughout the process of just having any general conversation. Love but this. I was just thinking, I was just thinking, <laughs> I was just thinking about Heidi, um, our other friend Heidi Rose Robbins, who's just an amazing teacher and astrologer, and you can find her on social media and whatever, and totally should. But one of the things that she does is she will have people enact their egoic games. She doesn't call it that. She doesn't call it that because she so uses, fun. Because she, so uses fun. she uses the lens of astrology. Yeah. Which kind of takes you off the hook. Yeah. And she's ah. like, no, so she would say to me, it's like, no, you're not like this like controlling dad. She's like, you're Capricorn rising. <laughs> of course you're gonna be like a grumpy dad with your kids in the backseat. And so she would have me like act that out. You know, like what that is to be like the grumpiest Capricorn dad in the backseat. We have five mi- four and a half minutes to do something that takes eight minutes. This isn't going to, and and to be able to just like, yeah. you know. Let like, it out of the closet. Like I, I tell, I tell especially the advanced students, like one of the most crucial skill sets that a serious seeker can have is the ability to laugh. Mm-hmm. at your own ego's antics. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because we're not our ego. That's what the teaching says. So that we're, that's the clause that gets us off the hook. Mm-hmm. You know, we are the we are the light of love embodied in this human experience 
And then we go through grade school and we learn how to be total assholes, you know? And then there we are. And we're you know, 47 year old, you know, seventh grader being like, oh, fuck them. But like, if they're not going to say hello to me, then they can just go fuck themselves. This is like, well, they call this a yoga studio. It sure does act like an asshole studio. You know? And like, I'm, and I'm just like driving home. And this is what's going on in my mind. I'm not thinking Om Shanti. I'm not, you know, like just drinking, like, drinking some nice, you know, like alkaline Tonic. water from my Tonic. filter Tonic. or whatever. It, you know, I'm driving on the road going, oh, there's a lot of yogurt. They're just doing them. It's not doing them very much good. They act like a fucking asshole. Well, I'm going to show you know. Let's see if I invite them to sub my class, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and to just be able to mean? step back, <laughs> to be able to step back and look at that, and just be like, "That is hilarious." It's amazing. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> like we were, we, I went. I was, I was just teaching in Atlanta, and I went with my friend Dominic, who, who's a teacher, but he's also a comedian. So we went to this open mic night at a, a comedy place. And the com the comedians were all really bad, bless their heart. But they were just every one of them was really bad. But I was laughing so hard, not at their jokes, but just at like, here's this human being, and this is what they're doing, and like, this is, it, it's just, it is magnificent, and that in and of itself could be really hilarious. It's just so hard to have that remembrance when that is threatening yeah. our ego. Yeah, and when then, that is threatening and hurting us in some way, or making us like feel diminished or something. Yeah, and I mean, I think that's the power of community, and that's the power of really good support. Yeah. and I think yeah. that that's part of why community, you know, and like even things like social media when used well, I mean, for sure they become a distraction. And you know, like I lead these forty-day programs online called the Love Recovery, and it's basically just like you get to sacrifice something for 40 days. So it could be, you know, drugs or alcohol. It could be like a lot of people like give up Instagram, you know, and like what you just said about your journey of going to Italy and then like, you're just like being a human again, you know, and so many people have that same experience within that. But, you know, part of it is just, yeah, just that the power in having good support and having good community that can either, yeah, laugh with you and sometimes cry with you, you yeah. know, like I'm with the teacher that David was just referring to his retreats. It's like, there's some moments where like, you know, she has other people show you what some of that wretchedness might look like for you. And it's always spot on because for the most part, many of us have similar things. We have similar yeah. wounding. Yeah. We all, in on some level, feel like we were abandoned by God for some reason. And, you know, that's like a similar thing within us. So it's like to also have, you know, to be able to pull what's inside, you know, the part of me that's like, oh my God, if I go through a breakup or lose my keys, <laughs> um, <laughs> I might, like, I feel like I'm gonna die sometimes. You know, like this like extreme feeling of like, whoa, like, I'm not going to make it. You know, the key thing is, like, a little bit of a joke, a little bit. But, you know, like, truly, like, there's this, like that there's this part yeah, of me that, like, if, like, because that. that's what happens. It gets trickled down to all of a sudden you're, like, abandoned, like, left on the side of the road, you know? And you're like, wait, I just can't buy my keys. What happened? <laughs> like, where, you know, so that feeling of being able to, like, bring that part of you outside and then have it be witnessed by other people that, you know, are just like, wow, like, that's like really hard, you know? And like, wow, like you're so brave 
for like living with that, you know, like truly, like sometimes yeah. it's funny and other times it's just like, wow, like you're a really sensitive being. Like that's like really intense to just like walk around in such a hard world with so much sensitivity. And like, how can we help you hold that? You know, yeah. how can we hold that, that, you know, whatever it is that's within us that we've been, you know, given this wounding or whatever, the wretchedness is what Heidi calls it, <laughs> you know, because that wretchedness also serves that highest good within us somehow. Yes, They're always interwoven. Those lessons, you know, are the yeah. ways that we have, you know, so much availability to one another. Um, it's just, you know, having the right support to be able to kind of be witnessed in all these different things and have the, you know, have the other side of it that comes around that says like, yeah. And like, also to have the friends that'll laugh at whatever we say, but also will tell us if we're being an asshole. Mm. You know, like sometimes we need that as well. I think that's so important within friendships to keep yeah. each other accountable. Yeah. Because sometimes you don't have someone there who is gonna keep you accountable. Yeah. You're like, listen, you gotta, you said you were gonna do this, you said you were gonna like, you know, just yeah. kinda like, push you in the direction that you did yeah. say you wanted yeah. to go. Yeah. Then we'll just unfriend you. <laughs> like, she's not accountable. She is not in integrity. Like, that is not serving, this relationship is not serving me anymore. Like, that's like one of my biggest, like, I feel like gripes. I don't have work any space for negative energy in my life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I feel can't like handle that. yeah, like I feel like that's like a big part of like this embodiment work that he was talking about. That I also like facilitate a lot with people on our retreats and things like that. Because as sensitive people, or you know, just as any person in society, it's like of course you feel like you can't handle it. So how do we all get to a place so we can handle it? And like part of that, and part of being like witnessing other people's darkness in a safe environment where they're not like screaming in your face and it's not like a personal thing but they're just like embodying like this is what I look like when I'm really triggered like I'm like this angry I'm like you know giving everybody the finger and screaming and you know and it's like to have that be witnessed like it's just then we can actually see that we are capable of holding one another's darkness because it's such a fine line between like sure sometimes you have to like cut people out of your life and sometimes you know I have, just pause or just, just pause, like pause and like I have family members I don't even I never talk to and it just but that feels natural to me and that feels like my truth and it's not even a definitive thing it's just like a ongoing thing that sometimes I give a call and then I'm like okay maybe I'll maybe not maybe next time you know and so you know there's like I think it's also important for us to be able to hold one another in our negativity and in our darkness because what are we all going to do we're already so isolated in our little houses with our supposed like families that like nobody really has and you know it's just like the whole thing is kind of insane and doesn't no one's doing anyway, and then we just become more and more isolated, you know? So I think it's it's helpful to also be willing to, like, support one another in our darkness and, you know, and help, like you were saying, David, just help uh, help one another remember that it's not all of who we are, but that it's a part of us that totally. needs love, just like, you know, anything else. That was, for me, I think the biggest gift of, like, the yoga community was that, like, being around conscious people who would, like, actually call me out if I was, like, you know, not being my best version of myself in that moment in comparison to friends in my 20s where it's, like, they kind of wanted to, like, fuel the soothing behavior. Like, let's go out and get wasted. And that, just that, s that switch of support. Mm -hmm was 
insanely like important for my growth. Mm. Yeah. 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 You can even think about it. Sometimes I think about it as like, as energy, you know, like we all, even if you're not like a spiritual person, like energy is a real thing, like lightning, like, you know, there's all types of stuff that you could see power, electricity, like you can't deny that, you know? And if you think about like the different things that we do in life is like, that's a particular energy field, you know? And there's, it's not, you know, it's like the yoga community that might be like that, but then it's also maybe like this particular speaker that you like watching the YouTube videos of, or this particular kind of music that actually like stirs up the, that part of you. And, yeah. you know, I think it can help sometimes to, like... Because then it's, like, you're not, like, nothing's bad. And it's not just, like, well, this is low vibe and this yeah. is high vibe. It's, like, no, there's high vibe in the low vibe, too. But you just got to really know yeah. how to go after it. Yeah. And it's, like, that's actually where the highest vibe is from my perspective. But you got to have some training, like David was saying, to be able to go into the yeah. low vibe and be, like, actually, the biggest nugget is actually in here. But, you know, you have to have enough strength and enough reserves, I think, built through mm-hmm. finding, you know, support yeah. that is in the vibration of what's going to support you in your highest, like yeah. you were saying. I love yeah. that. So true. And, and also, like, to like not be so fanatical. Mm-hmm. You know, and now I'm speaking more to people, like, in the yoga world mm-hmm. or, like, in these things where, you know, where they can get into like good vibes only. Yeah. You know, I, that, that. That I always like, I always say like bad vibes only. At the beginning of my yoga class, sometimes I'm like, all of your negative energy is welcome in this class. <laughs> Just so you know, if you bad left it at the only. door, go back outside and get it and bring it in here. Because if you can't bring it in here, like, yeah. I, I can yeah. handle it. Like, yeah. that's my job, my job. It's not your job I to like that. handle it. Yeah. But like, you come to a yoga yeah. class for that yeah. to be transformed. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, bring it. <laughs> But but he, and, but also you know like it's good to have some soothing behaviors that mm-hmm. aren't you know because oh, there's something sure. in between you know like watching too much Netflix and taking Vicodin mm-hmm. you know what I mean like there's something in between you know like <laughs> yesterday I almost ate my kids cherry pie for their lunch and ice cream he and it was me. like the last I called I called my friend I did I was like you know what I'm really hungry I don't have any food in the house I'm about to eat ice cream and one of the kids cherry pie it's like I just need you to talk to me but had I done that that's not the end of the world no you know and like to mm. like be able to hold space for each other to you know like have like what I call like existential roughage, mm-hmm. you know, like I spend all my professional time thinking about God and helping people and light and all this kind of stuff. So then when I have downtime, I like to watch like homicide detective shows, mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. you know, like documentaries about crimes and all this kind of stuff that's like can be really dark in yeah. a certain way. But somehow for me, I like it. Yeah. And and it's sort of like <laughs> I'm thinking about I think I used to live, I lived in an ashram once upon a time. And um I remember at the time we were like a lot of people in the ashram we were really like serious about what we ate and what we didn't eat. And during this one period we were especially really trying not to eat any desserts or any kind of like refined sugar and stuff. And um, we were, you know, making a good effort at it. But I just remember I had a voicemail left from one of my teachers, this great teacher named Swami Anantananda. He was a monk. And the message was just like, I ate cookies. (laughs) I ate a bunch of cookies. (laughs) It was like, it was just like confessing it. And also just like with the awareness of like, 
And, you know, he didn't eat a baby. Yeah. You know, he didn't yeah. like, he didn't you know, like, when we, cause yeah. not to make our, not to make the things that we're doing for our spiritual upliftment so fragile. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, yeah. even like there's Orthodox. been, there's many times when heroin as a soother has served its purpose because yeah. that person might've committed suicide yeah. if they couldn't escape the reality. Yeah. yeah. I'm a big, yeah. cause that's you the know? thing that in the spiritual world, especially yeah. where it's like, nobody should be spiritually bypassing. And I'm like, <laughs> if I confront <laughs> somebody that's like, yeah. Bypassing. And like from my own experience of spiritual bypassing it's like or even smoking a lot of weed you know for a long time smoking weed all day every day got I really childhood. feel like well yeah it got me through my childhood it got me onto my next drug yeah yeah but it is the gateway drug no, I'm just kidding um it, it is or it isn't but anyway no that more like acid LSD is actually what got me through you know and probably kept me off heroin but anyway you know in my 20s <laughs> Smoking weed is what helped me, I think, survive because when I stopped and throughout the the layers of grief that started to come up, you know, they would be and are continue to be so painful sometimes. If I think about who I was 10 years ago as a 26 year old woman, I don't I don't know that I would have handled it. I think I could have maybe lost my mind and maybe ended my life or you know, I really do also feel like that. I mean, yeah. I feel like there, you know inside of you when it's time. Like, yeah. you know it yeah, starts yeah, yeah. hurting the more yeah, that you yeah. do it. Every joint that you smoke is like, actually, you're like, this hurts. Actually, this is, like, what used to soothe me is now hurting me. Yes. And you have this inner knowing that's, like, sure, flooded with media and, like, culture and, like, all this, like, bullshit. CBD, bro. <laughs> all this stuff. But it's, like, you know inside if that's your truth or not. And once you start knowing that it's not, like that's when you have to start seeking other support that can support you in that. Because mostly your world is going to be built around that. And I love that you said that because it's true. And when I work with people or sometimes people are like, oh, my friend just died. But, you know, like everything happens for a reason. And, you know, and they're like really like not able to process it. I'm not like, stop spiritually bypassing. You need to feel your grief. You know, I'm like, yeah, totally. And like. That's probably really sad. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like there's ways of yeah. holding space for people that aren't just yeah. about judging them, yeah. you know? And like, now you're spiritually, now everyone's spiritually bypassing or mm. not facing their darkness. And it's like, so what? We, like, not, you we know. have to be careful not to become like yeah. the, the Taliban of yeah. yoga. Yeah. Totally, totally. Because it just is the same vibration of, of judgment. Yeah, because you know? that is the gateway drug, yeah. is shame. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that's like at the core of all of it. And so mm -hmm. is judgment. And like, I can remember after a cacao ceremony one time, I just had this like really deep experience of like, like feeling into my heart and being like, oh my God, they weren't like, they were judging me, but that judgment is in me. Like the actual like feeling of like being judged. Like I would always be like, I'm always being judged. Like, you know, people are always saying stuff about me that's not true and they don't even know me and like blah, blah, blah. You know, like just getting, I, I still feel like that. But, and I still feel like if you need to know something, please ask me. Amy, but Amy Schumer's got that great, that great <laughs> joke where she says, you know, like if you feel like people are judging you all the time, you're an alcoholic. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Exactly. And I just remember this time, like, really so feeling into that and being like, oh, my God, and actually feeling how, like, that's actually me. And, like, you know, then you can get yeah. into this kind of super groovy thing of, like, 
well, is the world really just like this reflection of like what is living inside of us? Yep. And I really, really, I know it's like a far out thing and I know it's not always true because I don't know if anything is always true, but that is absolutely my experience. Anything that I experience on the outside, if I actually get super honest and like go to enough therapy sessions and like, you know, like explore it in like ways that are really fun too, like writing and dancing and, and talking like this, it's like I'll find that peace in me. And I'll find, you know, that peace that is actually wanting some relief, you know, that judgment that's caked on my heart that actually just wants to soften and wants to, you know, be here and be more available and not be so guarded and defensive around, you know, what maybe people have said in the past that, you know, was also I started to believe at some point. Our, our reality becomes the printout of our consciousness that then we can look at and, and work with, yeah. like wow. getting our, our genetic thing, you yeah. know, mapped out or something. That is so good. Yeah. I literally, yeah, that's such a good metaphor and like visual way to think about it. And it's so empowering. It's so, like it gives you such a sense of power to know like, no, we're not in charge of anything or in control of everything and we can't control what other people do, but like mm. we can actually like make these massive shifts within us. Like with the right support, you know, and we can see change and we can, you know, be the change we want to see in the world. I mean, it's like sounds so cliche, but it's so true. And it's like there is no other way. Like you were even all the Jesus teachings of like all these things that were like that got so misconstrued and so like all of a sudden became like these judgments of what we should and shouldn't do. Moral. Right. And this moral game that is actually like the core of so many of those teachings were actually just pointing us back inwards and asking us to really explore and look at what's inside of us and to, you know, really make those shifts inside. And then to actually see, I mean, I've seen it time and time again, like you have, you know, you could say, all these catalysts that happen in negative ways, but we've seen our lives, the whole thing, the whole picture, the whole painting completely change so many times in the most beautiful and magnificent ways also from being willing to, you know, confront what's, what's here in front of us. Amazing. Thank you guys so much. I love you guys. <laughs> we love you Yay, guys. We too. love you guys. I so how did came over? Yeah. <laughs> um, maybe if you guys just want to give the listeners um, your info about where to find you, if you want to be found. Yeah. Yeah, we love being found. We love people. We both have like Gemini energy, so we're like, please come over if you're ever in Ojai, California. You can come over for tea. <laughs> we're definitely not the shy. Really good, um, by the way. Yeah. David makes some really amazing tea. Um, but yeah, so you can find me on Instagram. That's the best That's the best place. Um, it's Art of Loving is my Instagram. And you can find me on Instagram too. It's just David H. Wagner. Don't forget the H. And yeah, I love to be found too. And, um, you can also find me on Yoga Glow. Um, I have a ton of meditation classes on that. And um, now it's just Glow. So like glow.com. You can find me there. Yeah. And we're leading a retreat in, um, coming up in June. I don't know when this is coming out, but we'll be leading other retreats. We both do a lot of work in India and we have a lot a, of online work. We have this love. Uh, uh, this love. We, we do. We do. <laughs> we have, we have um, a kind of new service ministry in India called Love Seva, where in the state of Maharashtra, around the city of Pune, we're providing 
like psychotherapy, um, LGBT mentoring for LGBT youth, um, support for sex workers, wow. um, all kinds of super cool stuff that like most NGOs and charities are not really looking at. Yeah. Um, so we're doing that. We're going to be bringing people to India. And you can find the out about this on your website. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Through, through our Instagrams. Is, Love is an easy Seva. Way. Love yeah. Seva. So are you guys Love um, taking um, some donations? Yep, yep, yeah. yep. Yeah, we're building, we're just starting to lay the, the groundwork for it, basically. I mean, David's been taking, uh, and uh, Amanda has been, right? He's been taking pilgrimage, uh, people on pilgrimages to India for how long? Long, since 2005. Yeah. yeah, so he's been taking people there, and I took a small little group of women on my own in November. So, you know, we're just hoping to, yeah, continue to bring people there, but also to bring them into this kind of sea of what it means to serve, um, which isn't just about, like, handing out charity because, you know, we're, we have something that other people don't. It's actually about, like, listening and about, you know, yeah. sure, offering some sort of service, but mostly, like, seeing what the people there have to show you yeah. because that's really oh, what yeah. it's about. Oh, it's, like, yeah. never about what we have to give. I don't think we have to have the willingness to want to give and then the rest of it is just like wow like I don't know anything and like this is <laughs> and this is amazing and like we love each other you know just because we're both here in these um in these in this world you know so we're really looking forward to bringing more people there in that way too and oh and also I should just say for people that are teachers and and who do have something that they can offer um, we're really encouraging like yoga teachers that are like going to do their teacher training in Goa or whatever yeah. and they're in India to hit us up and if they have something that they could offer to people, we can hook you up to go to Pune and like, you know, like my my friend Mark Holtzman, he's another teacher on GLOW um, who is a gay man. He's going to come out in January and do some uh, LGBT mentoring and some yoga classes there while he because he's going to be in India anyway doing some of his other stuff so we're we're trying to like find a way for yoga teachers to kind of give back in a direct way yeah you know not just like taking a percentage of money and sending it or would you take on like psychotherapists yep yep yeah and I mean if you think that you have anything to offer let us know yeah yeah. Amazing, for sure. Amazing. Thank you guys so much. Thank for you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for so doing cool. this Thank and you. for yeah, all of yeah, yeah. so cool. Everything you're offering to in the world that sounds really yeah beautiful and uplifting and just Definitely. yeah super important. You know, I think each and every one of us has you know something to give and whatever it is is just so important and and um, you know it's helpful to really reflect that to one another even if. I don't know. Even if you don't know exactly how to say it or what to say, I just feel like the more that we reflect the goodness that we have to give, the more that we feel less afraid to give it. So thank you for doing this. Thanks for listening. So as a money coach, I always talk about the exchange of energy. You guys just listen to this dope episode for free. So don't be cheap. Make a deposit into your Karma Bank account and review and subscribe to this podcast.